0: This is WSBT's
1: Community Update on 96.1 WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. St. Joseph County Deputy Health Officer Dr. Mark Fox says the outpouring of celebration over last week's big Notre Dame win over Clemson carried with it an increased risk of spreading coronavirus. Dr. Fox talked about it and the fight against the virus more generally on Monday's WSBT 22 first in the morning.
2: Let's start off with your reaction to the celebrations on field at Notre Dame and what does the university need to do now to prevent an outbreak?
3: Yeah, there certainly was a lot of excitement and energy, and I have to admit I'm jealous because I attended a bunch of schools where we never had occasion to storm the field. So, so I get that, and one of the challenges is how do you celebrate or, or protest in the midst of a pandemic? How do you do it safely? I think there are a couple of positives there. A lot of the students had on masks, so mask compliance in the stadium through the season has really been phenomenal, and all the undergrads had been tested. All the undergrads of the game had been tested in the week prior to the game. So a lot of kids who were infected had been excluded from that. That doesn't eliminate the risk, but it certainly reduces it. So that's good news. But there was an awful lot of partying going on through the weekend, and then however many thousands of people on the field in close proximity, screaming, hugging, high-fiving. So I kind of cringed as I saw that, and yet I understand the energy and celebration with that. So the university has adapted its you know, testing, exit testing strategy and delaying it. So later this week, they'll begin testing students for the end of the semester before they go home for Thanksgiving and the end of the semester.
2: And they'll still be wearing the masks and physical distancing now moving forward on campus. Uh, You have been saying for weeks now that we are headed in the wrong direction as a county. And now we're hitting records when it comes to new cases and hospitalizations. Is there any sense of optimism that things will turn around?
3: Um, well, I'd certainly expect at a federal level we'll see a, a reinvigorated response to the pandemic, but we may not fully realize that until you know late January. Um, and I think we have to do some things here locally, at the local level and state level, before we get there. So, encouraging people to begin working from home if they're able to. I think we're at a stage in the pandemic where we have to do that again. It's not saying, you know, that we need to shut everything down, but we need to think about any time we gather with people outside our family, so that includes the workplace, and and people who are able to work remotely should do that.
2: These cases that we're having now, is this widespread community transmission still?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we have a handful of cases, you know, from the schools and from the universities and from the nursing homes, but more we have it, you know, in every workplace and every venue across the county that you can imagine so that just speaks to how widespread community transmission is right now
2: last week when you were here you said that transmission in schools was still low is is that the case today yeah
3: Yeah, you know as far as we can tell there's very little strong evidence for classroom based transmission so most of it is occurring outside of the school um, and then presenting in the school
2: now that the election is over do you plan to recommend new restrictions for the county
3: so we are meeting with State Department of Health officials and and local elected officials to think about what are our most effective strategies and options. There's some dispute over what the authority of the local health officer is. And so it really has to be some consensus with support from both state and local officials to make that effective, I think.
2: Do you worry uh, about the commissioners now all being Republican? And y- y- you had some criticism for... The picture that was taken from election night, the celebrations that showed a commissioner really going against what science and and what doctors have said should be done. Do you worry that will hurt the efforts to perhaps put more restrictions in place?
3: You know, that certainly is a risk. I'm I'm hopeful at the council level it will pass. Um, you know, the fine ordinance for masks will pass at the council level, and then before the the new slate of commissioners is in place, that there may be an opportunity to get it on the books. Um, I'm I'm hopeful actually that the rhetoric of the election season behind us may give people more license to implement these public health measures.
2: Our hospitals have been in a pretty bad position. How are the hospitals looking locally in St. Joe County?
3: Still in a bad position. We're you know we're setting new records each day with the number of hospitalizations here locally as well as the number of cases locally and at the state level.
2: Is there a plan in place if those hospitals get overrun?
3: While they've already begun ratcheting back on routine, you know, diagnostic and surgical procedures, they've needed to transfer some patients outside the region, unfortunately, which doesn't, you know, serve families' interests well when patients need to be transferred elsewhere simply because of capacity. If it's an expertise issue, that's one thing. This is really about capacity. Um, So, I think we're going to see more of that dialing back, but working with other hospitals in the district as well.
2: Let's talk about a possible vaccine. Uh, According to state health officials, Indiana could get a vaccine in the next couple of weeks. Have you heard any information on a timeline to get a vaccine here?
3: Well, we've been told to be prepared for it as soon as a few weeks, but realistically, it's probably more likely into December and it may be still in relatively low numbers uh, with the first batches released.
2: Do you agree that the healthcare workers should get it first and then the people high at risk, or what do you think the priority should be there?
3: You know, Personally, I think the, the higher risk, the elderly, and those with significant comorbidities and, and people of color that have been shown to be more adversely affected ought to be higher priority. We've seen, thankfully, relatively little transmission in healthcare settings with appropriate PPE. So, yes, healthcare workers need to be protected ultimately, but I would argue there are other populations that are at even greater risk.
2: If we get those populations vaccinated, then for the rest of us, does that mean that it eases some concern and we can get back to some sense of normalcy at that point? Uh,
3: I think it's hard to know. We have to be clear about what we're buying with the vaccine. You know, the vaccines are designed... The vaccine trials are designed to demonstrate a decrease in infection, in symptomatic infection among people who are vaccinated. It's not clear that, that it'll be able to demonstrate a decrease in death or decrease in serious complications or decrease in transmission. So we may create a group of people who are asymptomatic and yet still able to transmit the disease, um, which then makes it look like a college campus where we have a lot of asymptomatic individuals transmitting disease.
1: Dr. Mark Fox on WSBT 22's First in the Morning. Then on Wednesday, Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb announced new statewide restrictions as coronavirus cases begin to spiral out of control in some
0: counties. The number of hospitalized COVID patients is at an all-time high, 2,544 to be exact. And hospital officials tell us that in some instances, their patient numbers may double over the next several weeks you can look back at the last several weeks and you can project out to the next several. And we're now averaging more than 210 new COVID patients a day in our hospitals. Our seven day positivity rate stands at 10.3%, up a full 6% from the day we announced stage five. Hospitals and other healthcare providers are experiencing staff shortages and increasingly more staff themselves are having to call in sick. Because our frontline medical personnel our nurses and assistants and doctors, they're exhausted and overwhelmed and need us all to do the things that we can on the outside will slow the number of patients that need hospitalization and their treatment inside. That's where we individually all come in. We must do all we can to protect our hospital capacity so they can protect patients and care for them, not only for those who have the COVID, but for the cancer patient and the heart patient and the other Hoosier patients who need care in our urban, rural, suburban hospitals all across the state of Indiana, but their beds are filling up. They're being taken up. So beginning this weekend, there will be no more stage five. The back on track plan with stages was for sure helpful for us to help regain our footing and our economy. But now we must focus on how we'll get to the light at the end of this tunnel. And there is light at the end of this tunnel. We've seen widespread therapeutics like the one Lily received emergency approval for earlier this week, made right here in Indiana. So proud. And we've seen reports of effective vaccines that will help protect us for the longer term. So we know what game changers they will be when they are widely available, but we gotta get there. And our four color-coded maps will help us do just that. In September, we introduced the metrics maps that show the prevalence of the virus by county and provides guidance designed to help communities local communities make decisions about actions they could take to slow the spread of this virus some communities have done just that they've taken various actions and you've guessed it others have not blue on the map means there is many community spread in a county the colors progress or worsen to yellow, orange, and then finally red when there is very high positivity and community spread. You can see that in September, a large majority of counties were blue in the state of Indiana with low case counts and spread of the virus. This week, no county is blue. In fact only five counties are yellow most are orange and nine are now red you remember last week I was talking about three like many states across the country we are in the midst of a second surge so beginning November 15th and for the next month I'll sign an executive order that will implement pandemic requirements for all Hoosiers and targeted restrictions for counties that are in the orange and red status. We're taking these steps again to try to enrich people who contract the virus, to quarantine those who are close contacts and isolate those who test positive, to protect our hospital capacity and it gives some measure of relief to our stressed and strained healthcare workforce and system.
1: Governor Eric Holcomb announcing new coronavirus restrictions on Wednesday. Pharmaceutical giant Pfizer says it's been working on a vaccine that's been shown to be around 90% effective against coronavirus. The company says it could be released soon if the FDA approves. WSBT 22's Caitlin Conan spoke to local health experts about when you might get access to it.
4: Dr. Mark Fox with the St. Joseph County Health Department says it could be months before the general public has access to that new vaccine. And while we wait, he says it's critically important to keep following social distancing and mask wearing protocols. 464 people have died of the coronavirus in the United States just today, which makes the hope of a vaccine so tantalizing. But Dr. Mark Fox says we shouldn't get too excited about Pfizer's progress.
3: No evidence about decreasing death or decreasing serious complications. Not even clear data about whether people could still transmit the infection.
4: He says right now, the vaccine simply prevents symptoms in about 90% of patients. There's a lot more research to do. Dr. Rachel Miller, a professor at Bethel University, says she was just teaching her nursing students about how the FDA also has to sign off on the safety of the vaccine. But also to um, kind of inspect the facilities that the vaccine is actually going to get manufactured in. So that can take um, a couple weeks at, at, at the least. Even after that, it could take weeks to produce the vaccine. Administering it will also take time. Given that our health care system is so overwhelmed right now. Many wonder if we can hold out for herd immunity, where enough people have been infected or vaccinated to allow their immunity to protect others. Fox says with less than 5% of the county having tested positive, we're not even close to herd immunity.
3: Somewhere between 60 and 80 percent of the population is protected. That would represent herd immunity for COVID.
4: Fox says the fact that Pfizer has gotten a vaccine out this quickly is very impressive. He says normally it takes 8 to 15 years to create a vaccine.
1: WSBT 22's Caitlin Connan. The views expressed on WSBT's Community Update are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host, WSBT radio, its staff or management. Join us again next week on Community Update on The Sports Leader. 96.1 WSBT.